You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Welcome to Enough Said. We are talking today about What If, which is a Disney Plus special TV series, mini-series that came out in 2021. Uh, I am your host, Curtis Finley, and with me today are my other hosts, Michael Cohen and Amanda Konkin. I don't have fancy names for you guys like Mike usually does. Mike, what's your what's your adjective? I you Marvelous. can't assign it to yourself. That's <laughs> that's tacky. Okay. That's very that's very gauche to be extra tacky about okay. how tacky it is. I'm here uh, with yeah, the no, melodramatic you... Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yes, please. And, uh, and what's the one we usually say for Amanda? Uh, I think astonishing. Astonishing. Oh, astonishing. Well, yeah, astonishing Amanda. Astonishing. We go for the alliteration. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Like okay. Yeah. Uh, so this is going to be a little bit of a different episode than, than usual, because in the last couple of episodes, we've covered TV shows, but we've kind of tackled them kind of as a whole. Whereas this one, because it's so anthology based, uh, and actually, as it turns out, it's not so anthology based toward the end of the series. But because it's so anthology based, it's hard to just kind of give general impressions of the the overall show. So uh, I'm going to run through some credits here, and then we're going to tackle things kind of in a in a general sense at first, but then going a little bit more specific after that. So. Um, First, I want to say that this is a show that was created by A.C. Bradley, uh, directed by Brian Andrews, with music by Laura Cartman. And um, there is, it's hard to say like writers, I can list a whole bunch of writers because there's a whole big writing team involved in this. Uh, and maybe, actually, maybe I will do that. Uh, um, I don't even know who the actual... <laughs> writers are in this show but here i'm just going to list off a few names ac bradley was one of the main writers matthew shauncey um actually it looks like those are the two head writers for this show overtaking all of these uh all of the episodes um we have a huge voice cast here as well it's going to be difficult listing off all of these people but I think- it's i don't think it's necessary i i think i think the key here is that several MCU actors reprise their roles. I yep. think what's notable is the ones that don't. Chris Evans <laughs> did not voice one of. Hey, we haven't actually said that this is an animated series, which I think makes it yeah. quite notable. Yeah, um, totally. In, in terms of, especially because of the talent that they used in the in the writing, and and I think AC Bradley got them. So there were so. there were a few studios that worked on this: uh, Blue Spirit, Squeeze and Flying Bark and Stellar Creative Lab. They kind of uh, farmed out the episodes to, uh, to a bunch of different companies. But you know what? It has a great cohesive feel to it, so you can't really tell that there's one over the other. Um, they, have the, they have their design and their style kind of down pat. Um, one of the voice actors of note is Jeffrey Wright, who plays the Watcher. 
and he's kind of the linchpin throughout this whole series. So that's he's good to highlight. Uh, yeah, other people to 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 note are um, uh, let me see here, Lake Bell, who voiced uh, Black Widow mm-hmm. uh, in a number of episodes. Josh Keaton, who was the voice of Steve Rogers in the first ep- episode, with um, at, you know, he played the Hydra Stomper. <laughs> nice. Uh, and then Johann Schmidt played the Red Skull, and I believe he did the Red Skull in yep. Endgame yep. as well. In yeah, in uh, is he is or in, Infinity War? Infinity War as well. He's in, in whichever. Yeah. Like, he's in both. So um, yeah, he, so he yeah he's the Red Skull now because um, um, oh man, his name always falls out of my head. Uh, uh, Agent Smith. Uh, uh, Elrond. <laughs> I know. Yeah, all what is his yeah, name? I know all the characters. <laughs> Hugo Weaving. Hugo, Hugo Weaving. Thing. That's right. That's yeah. What it is. Hugo Weaving after doing Red Skull was like, I'm never doing that again. And it, yeah, it's a, it's a bummer. But, uh, but, but, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what's the actor's name that replaced him? You said it. Uh, Johann Schmidt. Yeah. Oh no, sorry. No, no, sorry. No, that's that's Red Skull's real name. Ross. Red Skull's name. Ross, Ross Markand. Ross Marquand, yeah, yeah, he's, right. he he does a he does a very good job. Uh, uh, I think. I, I mean, for the most part, I think that most people didn't even realize that it wasn't Hugo Weaving in the movies, right? So I didn't realize yeah. it until right this moment. I <laughs> yeah, always learn something from being on these That's, podcasts. <laughs> as I always say, as I always say, every time we record one of these, this is why you're here, Amanda, because <laughs> yeah, I had that extra because extra. you keep us grounded. <laughs> To what the average nerdy moviegoer, there you go, yeah, is go- is experiencing with these movies because it's really easy for Curtis and I to lose the forest for the trees, right? Like mm. it's so easy and incredibly, uh, it's <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a challenge not to at times because it's like, oh yeah, I, and I and I think that a lot of people with what if, like that's definitely one of the things is that like you can actually with what if you kind of need to, but. I'll let you yeah. continue. Uh, run, run down the rest of your credits. <laughs> well, there's there's only two other people I want to note here, and that is uh, Mick Wingert is the voice of Tony Stark, and uh, he's a he's played Tony actually in a number of productions before this, going back to the Avengers Assemble uh, show, bef- mm-hmm. uh, you know, several years back. So he's he's done the whole Robert Downey Jr. Tony Stark voice for quite a quite a number of things. So it's nice to see him back in this in this role here. The last voice I want to note is that um, Chadwick Boseman played Black uh, Black Panther mm-hmm. in four episodes in this season. Yeah, and so these, cool. this is his final role as Black Panther before he passed away. Mm-hmm. So that's quite, uh, quite a, you know, notable thing we definitely should talk about. Um, yeah. Yeah. And this, this was a, I had mixed feelings about this show because right off the bat, when they were pitching this, this idea and the concept and everything, they were like, we are, we're going to approach this exactly the same way as the comics and we're going to follow all those rules. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm a big fan of the comics. I've read, you know, most of them and, and I, I love it. And then we got into the show and they didn't follow the rules at all. And I was like, it really kind of, you know, I, I I try not to be a stickler about like, oh, they're not doing it the way the comics are. But when we're talking about a concept that is very specific and, you know, has a defined set of rules and they weren't following those, it, it was kind of like a, 
I don't know. It took me aback. You um, know what? It, it's it, it's definitely one of those things of like you, you don't have to follow the rules. Nobody ever no. said you guys had to follow the rules. Absolutely. But then not. you guys said you were gonna follow yeah. the rules. <laughs> So you better actually know what that means. It's an awful lot like in when the rise of Skywalker was coming out and JJ Abrams was like, when asked like sort of, you know, you're, you're finishing off the story for some of these characters and people really want to know what's going to happen with Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo. And he was like, yeah, we've got, we've got a really great story. Uh, and, and, and I think you guys are going to like it. It's good. It's a lot of fun. And then that story was, sorry, spoilers for the rise of Skywalker. If you're not caught up on the star Wars movies, but <laughs> he just, you. he just dies at the end. And then Ray is just like, I'm alone now. I I'm alone now. I have, I, I have my friends, but then at the very end of the movie, I'm just going to stand in the desert by myself with a robot. Um, yeah. And it's like there's there is there is actually very little fun about the end of Rise of Skywalker. And it's like, you know what? I wouldn't need it to be fun, except for the fact that J.J. Abrams in the in press beforehand was like, it's a lot of fun, you guys. And it's like, no, it was not fun. It was not it was not fun specifically for that character you were talking about, whose ribs you broke and hurled him down a shaft so that he couldn't participate (laughs) in the final act of the film. I, so yeah, like when I hate it, when that happens, when they're like, when they say the right thing in press and then you get the thing and you're like, this is not, this is not what, what you guys just said. Cause it, cause the expectations uh, can be everything. I mean, the, 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 the saying that I like to go back to a lot is uh, uh, expectation is the thief of joy. Right. And so often (laughs) When when we have expectations, it can ruin something for us that would otherwise be fine. And most people probably don't care about these things. Can you well, clarify and- for the audience, though, what what are the rules in the comics and then yeah. how did they approach it in the TV sure. show? Okay, so the the main thing is that there has to be and the watcher even says this at the beginning of each episode is that there is a defining moment in the timeline that is just a little bit different or sometimes it's drastically different that changes the course of, of that timeline drastically forever. And, but the, the thing about the comics is that we have to see it happen. It's not something that's hidden. It's not something that we're going to come into the story halfway through. We have to see it. So if the story is, what if Aunt May dies instead of uncle Ben, we need to see that act at the beginning to understand where, how we're going to go moving forward instead of being dropped into the middle of the story where Aunt May has already been dead for years and this is how Peter Parker is, has progressed. So, for instance, in the Marvel Zombies episode, we, I mean, it's a great storytelling device. Mark Ruffalo comes down to Earth. He, he uh, or Bruce Banner, sorry, comes in, down to Earth and then walks out of the Sanctum Sanctorium and every, there's zombies everywhere. That's that's an excellent spot, uh, storytelling device, but we never know how the zombie started. We don't know what was the, the defining moment that changed the course of that timeline. We never find that out. Yeah, we do. We absolutely I, do in the zombie episode. Oh, do it we? It was okay. one of the only. Yeah. It was one of the only episodes where we. I feel like because I was so curious, I was like, "What is it gonna be? How yeah. are they gonna get?" Because it was. Zombies? It was. A, it's a quantum virus. It's not like the zombie virus. It, it oh, oh right, right, zone. yeah, absolutely. We okay, didn't. So, we didn't see the moment that Janet yeah. Van Dyne contracted the virus. That's right. That's but, right. But we do get the but, moment of of him bringing it back. So, uh, so that's 
but that still wasn't we didn't yeah like you said we didn't see that yeah that moment that the, the change in history there and i mean i could say the same for uh oh man what are some of these other episodes i i um, think that i think that the though i if i recall correctly while you while the series was happening it, yeah. this happened early on for you because it's the it's what it's the third one the what if the world lost its mightiest heroes yeah because that that's the episode. one that like it it starts off with like oh it like the what if is what if tony Stark oh, yeah, okay. died, right that's a great yeah, that's that a great was, example yeah. that's not even what the what if is the the actual no, what if is what if hope was an agent of shield yeah right. but okay so i'm gonna fight you on this one because <laughs> because what i said before that like the expectation is the thief of joy i i think that you coming in with the preconceived notion of what a what if is supposed to be and them having said that they were going to follow that yeah. sets you up to be annoyed by this when actually yeah. i think that this is a really great way to use the concept and turn it turn it on its head to do a mystery right yeah well, which totally. is not usually what a what if is but for me this totally works like like in fact i like that that twist to me i really enjoyed that i the, the rest of the episode i could have cared less but but when we get to the point where the twist is about to be revealed when you start to put it together um i really yeah. i really enjoyed that aspect of it and then us finding out at the end that it's like oh actually the what if moment is 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 back in the past like it's not actually what's happening now what's happening now are the repercussions of that but it's to me, I, it's like it. I feel like it's splitting hairs. I, I, I think right. that it's still, I don't think they were being disingenuous. I just think that, that th they shouldn't have said that if they knew that that wasn't going to be the case, if they knew that they were going to yeah. turn it on its head. I think they should have been a little bit more forthright about like, hey, we're taking what if and we're going to do some new stuff with it. Like, we're going to, we know, we understand what it is. But we're also going to do our own thing and we're going to tell some stories because because we have this other these these sort of. But also, I think like that's probably not what they wanted to do because they didn't want to oh, telegraph sure. that stuff. Right. Yeah. I, I think that um I after that third episode and after especially after we had that conversation, like it mm -hmm. things, you know, I, I started enjoying it a lot more because I could put that aside. It's like, OK, obviously, I, I wasn't sure if like they were just not they were trying but not getting it at the beginning but then when, you know, when i realized that it's like no they're just doing their own thing then i i enjoy that far more so the last half of this season as they progressed it was like yeah th these are great um and then especially like once they get to the doctor strange episode it's like there's there's many different timelines in that one so it's like yeah okay they're they're uh they're doing it i don't know um amanda what are your thoughts how did you like the show I mean, I had zero expectations. So going, right. going into it, I mean, it's it was fun for me. I mean, I work in animation. I, I like that this is something different. It's a foray into animation and how you can tell stories in that way uh, is interesting to me. I like that it did something different and that I didn't have to necessarily watch all of it. Like, it was something, it was sort of freeing for me to feel like I could just stop watching an episode and then just come back and watch like I didn't because it's not serialized right in the same way yeah um and but what you're talking about I actually think that I did miss I kind of wanted to see more of the how 
like you're talking like right like what is it what was the moment that changed it and i get i think that they did that in the first episode where they were like this is what it's supposed to be where you sort of see the moment that she makes the action that changes her becoming captain america right yeah and so for me i'm like okay i get that conceit now show me that in all of these other ones and you don't re- it it wasn't really told in that same way but most of them did circle back around, which was okay. Like it, it sort of, it sort of allowed you to see what it was, and it was just like an, a different, a different way of storytelling. Um, but because they had set it up in the first episode, I kind of expected all of them to be like, "This is the moment that changed it, and here's the repercussions." But they didn't necessarily do that, and I don't know. I don't know. I and it was entertaining, but there definitely was a part uh, halfway through the series where I just kind of stopped watching it because I wasn't like super engaged with the stuff that was happening. And then I saw uh, yeah. pieces of media, like people, like it would come up every now and then on my feed. And there are certain episodes that came later in that people were like, uh, you'd like that episode. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll get back to it and I'll, I'll keep watching it. So I don't know. I think, Those, I, I think, initial. I think the biggest mistake that they made with the series is being coy about the fact that it isn't actually an anthology that it is. Uh, and we're getting a season two. The story is going to continue um, and, and we're going to revisit some of these characters and we're going to end. And um, I think most importantly, when we talk about the final episode, which is titled, what if the watcher broke his oath, there will be consequences to his decision, right? We know that like those of us who have, who have read Marvel comics know that like Owatu, he's always, he, that's, he, it was inevitable. He was going to break his oath. That's the whole thing about that character, right? Like yeah. the, the rest of the watchers are just the watchers, right? Not, not many of them have names. I can't even think of any of the other ones off the top of my head. I think that there's like a, there's like a head watcher, isn't there? That's like, that, that, that kind of cracks the yeah. whip a few times in the comics, but, but like Owatu is the one that we yeah. know. Cause he's, he's exactly. kind of, he's um, the one that's assigned it, to it, earth. Yeah, it's 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 like um it's it's like in Green Lantern with uh uh, uh the 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 one of the oh man what are they called in Green Lantern? You don't know, you're not a DC fan. Uh, they're, the, they're the Guardians. I the Guardians. I can't remember. Guardians of the Universe. Yeah, I can't. Um and uh, but there, there's the one that like he it's like it's his job to 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 basically interface with Hal Jordan all the time. And, yeah, and like the, the, the characters are. Yeah, Ganthet. Thank you. That uh, they're the the two characters, Ganthet and Nawatu, are like the same character. They're the same character right. across the two franchises. Um, which is one of those things where you can go like multiverse theory. The Marvel multiverse and the DC multiverse are actually connected, and they're which which they are because of amalgam and the crossovers that they've done in the past. But anyways. Um, <laughs> I yeah I I think I think that it was I think that it was a bad call for them to try and trick the audience into not seeing this coming because I think <laughs> if you go back to the last episode that we recorded the last enough said which would have been Black Widow or Loki I think Loki right Loki yeah. um yeah I believe that I finished that episode saying we're doing what if and and like heads up this is going to be a serialized story. They're, they're pretending that it's an anthology, but it's not. We've all like, because of the trailers and stuff like that, there were a lot of hints. There were a lot of things that pointed towards like, huh, that's interesting. In that one scene, we've got captain Carter 
alongside a very different version of of whatever character i can't remember what it was at the time but like there were some things that were like "Mm, it looks like these characters are going to team up at some point in this um which is obviously where it was all drawn all 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 building to right and i think that if they had a been more clear about that in the storytelling itself and be more clear about that to the audience and letting the audience know from the beginning that like that yeah, there, you, that would there have been is more something buy-in. going on. Yeah. I think, I think if they had released it all at once, like if it was a binge show, like a, like a Netflix style, like, Hey, here's the whole series. And we could have just watched the whole thing in a weekend. I think it would have worked the way that they released it because, because you would have gone at a quicker clip. Right. But, but putting them out, one week at a time it's like well the first three episodes don't really feel like they're building that universe it's not really until we get to the fourth episode until we get to the doctor strange one that it starts to be clear of like like in the moment when he when strange acknowledges the existence of of the watcher right like when when he's like hey wait a second and then all of a sudden it's like you you because that's the that's the threshold that we cross where Uatu starts to get involved little by little right he's kind of he's he whether he wants to or not he is influencing the events of what's happening because there are moments where characters are like something's something weird is happening right now and like they're aware of his presence right um, Here's, and then you get get towards the end, and and obviously it 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 kind of hinges on that, and that becomes the story for the last two episodes. But this um, is I guess really three because it's, it's right at the end. I'm not intuitive, and had <laughs> I actually watched it as I was supposed to, and it wasn't ruined for me by the internet, I would have continued to think that it was an anthology until the very last episode, until like the last two episodes, because I. I don't understand why those characters are the ones that they chose, but this is maybe my larger gripe with the large, with the show. What if like, I just don't understand certain characters that I'm like, why did you choose these ones of all the stories that you could tell in the end? Anyways, whatever. It's fine. Surely these aren't <laughs> the most strong versions of all of these characters to be the ones to save the multiverse. That's no. my biggest gripe with this show. No, it's so it's, weird. It's nope. It's no different than Endgame. It's no what? different than Endgame. It had to happen the way that it happens. Okay. It's a okay. it it, it, I mean, it yeah. be, because it because it's 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 like the end of Bill and Ted's bogus journey when they do all the time travel stuff where they're like and then they the, put the I, we have to, to remember it. after this we have to go and we have to put the key so that we can get <laughs> out of the thing right. It's exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. the same. It, okay. Owatu knows what's gonna happen. He's he he can like he foresees everything, right? It's it's like Palpatine. Right. It's like everything happens according to a design. We're just not privy to that design until the very end. The well, the watcher's the heroes, not precognitive. Watcher Watcher doesn't know the future. No, no, he's not precognitive, but he has a plan. He's yes, he 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 has an encyclopedic knowledge of all of these people. Yeah. and all of their actions and therefore can predict what they're going to do. Right. Like that's the logic. It's not that he can see the future. It's just that he knew if I take these characters and I put them together, I know that Killmonger is going to betray them at the end. I know and like, the, like he yeah. knows that and that's, what's going to lock them. And the two characters are aware of this going into the final two episodes. And it's a and strange. strange strange knows what's going to happen. And he's already made his peace with it, right? When, like, like before we even realize that he's going to be involved in that way. Uh, 
So it's like he like all of them are all of the stories that get told get told for a reason because they all end up building into this. The most interesting thing to me is that there's an episode cut from the season yeah. that we're going to get next season, which is the, the um, Gamora episode, the Gamora episode. And, and the funny thing about that is that it, the Gamora episode isn't actually a Gamora episode. It's a Tony Stark episode. Um, and it's, it's actually, it's about Tony Stark going to look for Bruce and ending up on, uh, uh, the junk planet, Jeff Goldblum's nowhere. planet. Oh, uh, no, oh, not nowhere. Planet. Um, I, I, from Ragnarok. Sakar. Uh, Sakar, yeah. Sakar, um, right. And, and, and he builds, uh, he builds an Iron Man suit on Sakar and fights in the gladiator arena and whatever. Um, and that you can actually get a Lego set of that we see it briefly right like we see it in in uh the the what if ultron one episode i think or or yeah. maybe it's the watcher broke his oath i can't remember but the one where he we, collects all of the th- yeah the, the one where people. he gathers the team like we we see that and i i love that moment because and the joke falls a little bit flat if you didn't know that because that episode would have been about tony stark gamora comes into it right but it's about tony and then and then Watcher shows up and he's like, hey, I need you. And he's like, hey, well, yeah, okay, whatever, man. And, and it's like, no, not you, Tony Stark. And, and takes Gamora because it would have been like a, it would have been a 180, right? Of changing the story from like, no, this wasn't act this, this episode, that ex- episode wasn't actually about Tony in the first place. Um, it was just about us setting up Gamora. So, um, and, but I, they've said that we're going to get that next season. So I think that'll be interesting to, to go back and, and get that story. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think, I think that they could have been a little bit more clear about certain things. Um, but, but I do like, I do like the nature of the, like, Hey, by the way, this was all part of the plan. Like every story that you experienced comes back in a meaningful way in the final episode. Like, I, like, I felt like they really tied the whole thing together really, really well. Um, yeah, I did too. And I liked the... For, the little... for 22-minute episodes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely, yeah. It, it, I liked the the reveal of the Watcher as well as he slowly mm-hmm. became more and more prominent too just because yeah. he wasn't in the first episode at all except as narrator. Like, you didn't see him visually. And in the second episode, he's just like a, a shape in the clouds. And in the third episode, yeah. they added some color to him. And then, then you get the big Doctor Strange is like, I see you. Uh, so like that, that whole building, if you're paying attention to that as well, it's like, yeah, they're definitely all connected because they're feel doing something out, with Curtis. this character. Thank you. <laughs> <If> you have, <laughs> speaking directly to you, Amanda, <laughs> if but, you were paying it, attention. I think it's no, I valid. It, I, I, I think yeah, it's yeah. valid because yeah. I think. I mean, when I think you if, describe if, it that way, yes. It it, but, but, it, but it goes to my point that like, I think they were too coy about it. I think that they, I think they were being more clever than they needed to be. And they did one of the things that I always hate, which is that like they put a gimmick ahead of the storytelling and that gimmick. I like that gimmick because I was, I was on that wavelength and I was fully expecting that Oatu is going to bring these people together. But also like, I think Curtis and I have external context yeah. Because we know that Iwatu is going to do this, right? Like this, like this is his deal. That's the reason that the character exists 
as opposed to just like the watchers because we've already seen the watchers in the mcu we saw them in guardians of the galaxy 2 right talking to stanley um, talking to stanley and they and they oh. don't do anything they're just watching they're just talking to him he's telling them stories that's it wait right what in what I don't know. It's in a post credit. It's in the post credit. It's a throwaway scene. It's not important at all. It's it's actually a reference to a fan theory. It James Gunn took an internet fan theory and actually like put it into the MCU that the reason why we see Stan Lee in every MCU film (laughs) is that is that he's actually working for the Watchers. And collecting stories for them and taking them back to the watchers. So, so that the scene that we get in Guardians of the Galaxy is him because he he says he references one of his cameos. He's like, and then I was this, and then so and so did this, and it's like, and and it actually now it works even better now that we have the multiverse and now that uh, that that we're gonna be pulling everything else into multiverse with with Spider Man No Way Home, I I. Or, or maybe we've already started. Who knows? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to spoil that. But, but if you've, if sure. you've seen certain movies, you might know. You, you uh, know. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. I, which means that all of Stanley's cameos across all of the Marvel movies count as as that character as the Watcher, uh, the Watchers involving him in all of these multiverses. But I. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, but like, that's why, like, but that the second that we knew that like, oh, I, 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 Jeffrey Wright is playing Owatu, it was like, okay, so then we know what this story is. This story is something is going to threaten either the, the main MCU timeline, which is unlikely because we just finished with that with Loki, right? With the sacred timeline, or this is going to, it's, we know it's multiverse stuff. So something is threatening the multiverse and Owatu is going to need to bring together a team of heroes. And I said that, I think, I think I said that on the last episode that it would be like the exiles or I, I, you know, I, there, there's like a handful of, of, of these different teams. I don't know. Did we reference the, the, the guardians of the multiverse as one of them? Is that, is that for this or is that from the, the comics? I think that's for this. I don't think that there is a guardians of the multiverse, but exiles (laughs) is the, is the pretty, pretty much the thing that's in the comic books that's like this yeah and that's a that's essentially what this is but because we don't have the x-men yet i think they wanted to avoid talking about that uh yeah. hey uh eternals is coming up and i'm gonna go ahead and say this right now because i was right about what if we are <laughs> we are we are gonna get our first post-credit scene that's gonna establish mutants at the end of Eternals. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. I stake my reputation on it. The stuff that they say in the trailer where she's like, she's like, Oh, the, the, this, the energy from they could, they confirmed my fan theory, which is that like the energy from the infinity stones, it like it, it's affected earth and, and it's going to be like, Oh yeah. Everybody with an X gene now has access to their powers. Just like, wanda and and pietro did that Um, would make sense because the main thing one of the main contributions to the for for the eternals in the comics is that they created the inhumans and we've already done the inhumans in mcu so if they're going to follow that same line the mutants is the next logical we're not going to talk about that though we're not going to talk about that inhumans um yeah it's it's very interesting because we've got miss marvel coming soon we still don't know exactly when 
a bunch the movies all got all got moved i don't know if you've heard this yet guys but yeah all yeah, of the all of the movie dates got shifted um which is a which is a big bummer I'm, i'll i'll run them down really quickly which let me, let, which let all of them? what do you mean by all? all of them all of them so yeah doc strange was supposed to be coming in... have, have all but been just like not home, eternals, a couple of months right? eternals is coming very soon and i really would like to watch it no eternals is still on the dock it's uh okay. beginning with doctor strange that one was scheduled yeah, for march it. but it's been pushed to may Here, and I'll, all of the subsequent me... ones have been pushed i'll give you guys all the dates here's all the dates so doctor strange in the multiverse of madness moved from march 25th 2022 to may 6 2022 so it just moved into the next slot right thor yep. moved from may 6 to july 8th uh black panther 2 from july 8th to november 11th the marvels which is uh, captain marvel 2 uh moves from november 11th to february 17th 2023 and ant-man and the wasp quantum mania moves from february 17th to july 28th um the one that didn't move is uh guardians of the galaxy 3 it's still in the same spot so um yeah, but uh, so we're yeah we're getting Eternals and we're getting Spider Man this year, but there's gonna be a bigger gap between Spider Man and the next MCU movie than uh, than we were anticipating, which is a bit of a bummer. But well, at least we still have Moon Knight in between. Well, we've got we have Miss Marvel. We've got uh, uh, possibly She-Hulk. Moon Knight at some point. We've got She Hulk. We might even have Secret Invasion pretty soon. So we're not hurting for that. MCU so, content at all. Yeah, don't worry. Like we've got yeah, there's going to be a lot to to tide us over. We've also got Book of Boba Fett coming, and then we'll oh, have right. either Andor or the Kenobi series, probably Obi Wan Kenobi, and and Andor another season of of uh, Star Wars: The Bad Batch coming. Uh, yeah, there's there's lots of stuff on Disney Plus, so I, they're not worried about it. They just they just move this <laughs> stuff for, as they have said, strategic reasons, uh, or has been has been reported. Yeah. They, there's like release schedule stuff. They also moved Indiana Jones a full year. Indy Five has moved from next year to 2023. So. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, before we move on to the next section, I just want to bring up that I I was um I'm surprised at that they continually subvert the 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 power of the infinity stones throughout this show and in and loki as well mm-hmm. um it, it just has been really interesting to me because it's like you you're watching all these movies and that's like the the biggest threat in the universe and then in loki they're used as paperweights and in 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 this one like you know i mean i guess we do see them still being a formidable force once ultron gets them at the end but he like easily takes out thanos sub- really subverting his power um and seeing thanos as a hero in that second episode like that kind of thing so it's interesting that they have chosen to take their you know their climax of the previous arc and uh really play it up for laughs almost <laughs> after that mm-hmm. I think it's important. I think I think in order for us to to move on to the next threat that we need a couple of pieces of media that tell us, hey, by the way, stop caring about the Infinity Stones, because yeah. I, I think Feige being as as smart and and um, sort of uh, uh, forward thinking as he is, has has realized like we've built up the infinity stones exactly as you said is like the ultimate power in the universe but it's the marvel universe so no matter what you do there's always going to be a bigger bad <laughs> there's a, right. you always have to top yourself and 
So everybody is going to, when we're dealing with the next thing, which, which right now we think is going to be Kang, right? Um, I I think it's going to be a one, two punch of Kang and, and uh, Galactus, but I, I, which where is Galactus from? uh, He's a fantastic four. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But that would bring, yeah, that would bring the, the watcher in heavier because the watchers in the comics, he breaks his oath to let the earth know that Galactus is going to destroy the planet and they got to do something about it. Yeah. I I think, I don't think that they'll use a Watu in fantastic four necessarily. I think, I don't think that we'll see Galactus this phase. I think Galactus might be phase five. That's, that's kind of my guess is that we're going to, we're going to build up suspense to Galactus and then we're going to introduce the fantastic four. Maybe the silver surfer shows up at the end of that one. And then we, and then the Avengers and the Fantastic Four have to deal with the Silver Surfer, and then, you know, we're, we're like we'll get to Galactus eventually, but and 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 but I don't know if Kang's going to be the ultimate threat, but I like the important thing, and specifically in Loki, is that they had to they had to get rid of the fanboys on the internet going, well, why don't we just use the Infinity Stones again? And it's hmm. like, well, first of all, in the in the sacred timeline, the, the Infinity Stones have been destroyed, so doesn't matter that the the sacred timeline like that the main mcu timeline which i refer to as the sacred timeline because that's kind of what loki established in that one we don't have infinity stones anymore steve put them all back where they belong which means that we don't have access to the time stone i mean i guess we could build another quantum tunnel and build another time machine and go back and steal them again but but the tva also established well, we let that happen because that's how it was supposed to happen, right? But if they did that again, is that how it's supposed to happen or are we going to stop it? Especially now that the TVA is actually under the control of Kang, the Conqueror, and not, you know, anyways. Uh, <laughs> like, we don't want the Infinity Stones to be this thing that everybody constantly goes back to and says, why don't you just do that, right? Yeah. Like, why don't, why don't we just, and it's, it's almost like in Star Wars, if they just kept building Death Stars every movie, uh, people might start to ask, why do they keep building Death Stars every movie? And when you get to the really big Death Star that can blow up multiple planets or a whole bunch of Star Destroyers that have Death Star cannons on them, people go, that's kind of dumb, you guys. It's a little <laughs> bit, it's a, it's a little bit played out. Now, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm being really mean to JJ Abrams on this episode. They did that in the expanded universe as well. It's like every, every third book in the expanded universe until the new Jedi order stuff was like, Oh, by the way, the Imperial remnant has built a new super weapon. Hey, here's the yeah. dark saber. Hey, here's the sun crusher. Hey, look at like in the dark empire comics. Here's the, the, what do they call them? The, the world devastators, right? Like, it's just like, it was always just like another one super weapon after another. That's just, the way that star Wars works. It's always got to be a military might thing, but, but we needed to like Feige, I think made a, made a point of, we need to get rid of the infinity stones. And so let's tell a couple of stories that involve the infinity stones. One that like the driving force is Loki talking about, you know, as he wants the Tesseract cause it's an infinity stone and then finding out that the infinity stones aren't the ultimate power in the universe. And that, the TVA has more power than the infinity stones and then discovering the multiverse and discovering all that components of it. And then in, and then in this one, now that we have the multiverse, 
I think that one of the points of this what if story and 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 the reason why it's Ultron gathering all of the, like having gathered all of the infinity stones is so that we can we can have that moment where it's like no they're different in every universe which means that like they they work differently right uh so they're not they might not necessarily work if he went to fight in another multi they might it might not work the same way which is also how you can go like if thanos had uh, uh, five of the six Infinity Stones, and and Ultron had six. Why is he able to cut him in half? Right? Why can't yeah? Why can't Thanos fight that? And it's like, well, uh, in that multiverse, maybe maybe you know, like it's it, he's they just work different. They're more powerful, right? He's able yeah. to do that. They're more destructive. They also, it also seems like the the infinity stones that Ultron has don't work in the exact same way as the infinity stones that Thanos had. Cause Thanos right. did a lot of stuff to f- stop anybody from fighting him. Right. And it's like, none of this actually matters. The stories are what the stories are and they play out the way that they play out because they have to. And then it's our job as the audience. If we want to, if we have to, if we feel the need to, to go back and go like, I wonder why. And then we can ask those questions and, and sort it out. The answers are all there. It's all it's 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 there for anybody who wants to dig into it deeper. Um, but uh, I think the, the majority of the audience probably doesn't care <laughs> quite as much about like, oh, how come he didn't just use the all all six infinity stones to just snap them all? And it's like, well, because that's not what Ultron was doing and that's not how he was using them. Right. Yeah. OK, let's keep on going here. Um, yeah. Let's let's talk about what is your favorite universe that we explored through this series and let's start with amanda what is your favorite universe yay um i mean i'm now i'm realizing this is a loaded question because i don't know if it's my favorite universe but i think that the funnest episode for me was the thor episode (laughs) um because it just was nice to see I think particularly because it's it's nice to see Loki with less care, right? Like how you, anyways, I just think that that mm-hmm. was interesting and that it just was a fun, like a, it was just fun. It was just a lot of fun and it was nice to see the, um, oh my gosh, what's Natalie Portman's character's name? Jane. Uh, Jane, yeah. It was just nice to see another episode with Jane because I really like, Jane's character and we haven't like seen her in the MCU for a while um and I'm getting excited for Thor Love and Thunder and yep. so it just I it just like all sorts of things it just made me it just made me happy I have um my friends are bummers and they got me sad about Marvel because they kept calling her a party pooper because apparently <laughs> Captain Marvel is very different in the comics but like this is my version of Captain Marvel so um, I, I think again, it's as somebody that's not really tied into the world in the same way that comics fans are, because it gave me so much of what I love from across the MCU without all of the bummer. <laughs> I really enjoyed it because it was just all these characters being carefree and being, and it, it did my other favorite. I think my other favorite one is that like in the star Lord episode, getting to see all of the characters that you know and love from the movies being able to be a bit lighter that was something that i really enjoyed in that episode as well and so i think that that's what i enjoyed about it and it just i don't know thor's just he's just a big dumb god and i love it it's just like he can influence the whole world so it it, i there were a lot of people that were like i don't understand this episode like there it, it doesn't match the tone of everything else 
And it's like, for me, I, I thought that it worked really well because it's a pressure release valve right yeah. before right the climax yeah. of the story. Yeah. So yeah. it does two things. It, it, it de-escalates everything from the last few stories, especially the Killmonger one right before it. Like, Ugh. cause yeah, it was like brutal. the, yeah. the Dr. Strange one, everybody, like everybody was like, Whoa, that got dark. You guys actually, even starting mm-hmm. with, with the, the third episode, they're like, Hey, they just killed all of the Avengers. Like this is a little intense. And then the Dr. Strange one was like, Hey, what if we subjected this character to the worst thing imaginable for him? Um, an infinite number of times. Like you remember at the end of the first movie when he's like, I've come to bargain. And then he does that whole thing. And he does that to Dormammu. What if we did that to him? (laughs) Right? Like that's what that, what that episode is. And, and then you're like, and then zombies, everyone you care about is dead. And a bunch of the characters (laughs) that are left are going to die. Let's watch happy Hogan get eaten by zombies. Right. And then, and then the Killmonger one, you're like, Hey, you want to watch a bunch of your favorite heroes die again? (laughs) <laughs> and then so that's that's one thing that i that's uh very consistent with what if is that oh, uh, sure, it always yeah. ends in a grisly horrible like spiraling out of control end of the universe kind of a way and so oh, i appreciated that <laughs> yeah yeah they they went there and so then it's awesome when you get to the what if thor were an only child and it's like and i love the moment when loki shows up and you're like you're like bracing for a fight yeah and then yeah. it and then it goes the other way and you're like, oh, this is fantastic. It's like, oh, yeah. what if what yeah. if Loki wasn't raised in an environment where he felt less than and could actually yeah. like achieve his potential? He wouldn't feel the need to act out in the way that he does, right? Which we yeah. just went through a whole series talking about that. So to yeah. see this version of Loki, this Loki variant, it's like, oh, this awesome. version of Loki cool is, is so great. Like he's I just, love it. He, I just love it. And that also just that you forget how big the frost giants are. Like I know that that's a small thing. <laughs> yeah. You for, I forget that he's a frost giant like yeah, all the yeah. time and just the 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 gag with the phone is such a stupid thing it's so but good. I just love it <laughs> I love it so much yeah. it's like yeah and and I think it's just like hey we, like we just put you guys through the ringer with the last four episodes like we're we really asked a lot of you to stay tuned from week to week yeah. and watch the characters that you love get murdered <laughs> um in some instances in very grisly ways like in very in yep. very gruesome manner um so like hey here's a reward this episode is 99% fun but what it also does is it lulls you into a false sense of security so that at the very end you can have Ultron and all those robots show up and you're like uh-oh <laughs> Like something, something very bad is happening now. Like, cause we see the infinity stones and we know exactly what's happening right away. Right. Oh yeah. Um, Well, the, the other thing in the Thor episode just, and then you guys can talk about your episodes, but something I really like about it is that it's the episode where the women make a, like it's the Maria Hill episode, the Jane episode and the Frigga episode, right? Like all three of them play important roles in dealing with stuff and that, and the, the amount of, awe that people have for Frigga I think is so cool right that everybody's like Thor's mom is coming and I just I don't know I just like it's just that that people just know her and they anyways I just I thought that that was just a unique thing and just how much the Odin sleep doesn't matter like that was funny as well (laughs) she's just like bye (laughs) anyways it was just a fun episode that's all yeah 
I think my favorite moment in the series is just the blinking you miss it moment when Darcy marries Howard the Duck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah, super great. I'm actually oh, um I'm actually I've been stalking because I'm like, oh this AC Bradley, like what has she done? Hey, guess what, Mike? She wrote the Birds of Prey episode of Arrow. That's like one of her <laughs> first writing credits, actually. Um but anyways I've I've got I've got her now on um on like I'm following her on Twitter and stuff and she like there's a link to the article where she's like this is where the inspiration came from for that episode so it's kind of it's just kind of cool to see that um uh, I think I re- I saw an article where it was like she kind of pitched it as a joke and everybody went yeah let's do that and <laughs> yeah. and it ended up it ended up in it and and like one of the standout moments of the season yeah um yeah, yeah. I man every time Howard the Duck shows up and this is the most time that we've gotten to spend with him is in this episode I every time Howard the Duck shows up, it is one of those things where I'm just like, give this guy his own show. <laughs> why don't we have this yet? Why is it taking so long for them to make whether it's a movie or a series or whatever? Like, and I and I do think that seeing him him twice very heavily featured in What If, um, I I think is a is a good indicator that that somewhere. They're working on adapting that Chip Zdarsky, Howard the Duck run. I guarantee that they are. What's a Chip uh, Zdarsky? Is Chip, Chip Zdarsky is a is a writer. He's he's just a, ah. a comic writer. Um, I, he did a he did a run on Howard the Duck recently that that gotcha. was was pretty. Oh, he's a uh, Canadian well comic book writer. Yeah, Very cool. yeah, um, and I uh, I yeah, it would be it would be perfect to to pull in and and do a do a series. I mean, I. I have a weird soft spot for Howard the Duck because of the movie. And I know that like, there's a lot of people who think that the movie is awful and I don't want to <laughs> fight with those people about that. Cause I don't know if I'm willing to defend Howard the Duck as a, a piece of filmmaking. Uh, oh no, uh, it's pure uh, 80s prowess. cheese, but I love it. Yeah. But it's, it's got great. Leah Thompson in it. That's and, right. <laughs> and there, like, there are two actors from that period that I should say actresses specifically from that period that if you put them in a movie in it in that time period i don't care i'm just gonna watch those movie and enjoy them and it's leah thompson and uh, i oh my god her name just fell out of my head um i they're both in back to the future too so that's i i from karate kid oh my god elizabeth shoe uh jesus i i yeah if if you put the two of them into it, like in a movie in the 80s or 90s it's like that's a good movie that's a that's just a good movie you're done you made it you made a good movie just like as we talked about on the last episode of of uh, uh the thunder quack podcast uh jeff goldblum yeah. if you, if you yeah, put jeff just... goldblum into a movie especially if you take his shirt off in some way we're good <laughs> we're good i don't care what else you do you can cover him in blue paint and fur for the first 15 minutes of the movie <laughs> and I'm still going to be okay with it. You can have a musical number in the middle of it. Um, yeah. They're, they're you're just certain people. So specific. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Mike, why I, don't you I, go, let's move I, on to I your do, episode, Mike. Sure. Um, so mine is the Dr. Strange episode. I like far and away. It's the Dr. Strange episode. Uh, first of all, of the characters that get, highlighted across the series he's 
he I, the spider-man is kind of the main character of the what if zombies episode but mm-hmm. that's that one is definitely more geared towards an ensemble story so uh, of the ones that focus on like a singular character that like really kind of draw out the one character the doctor strange one is the one that, that like it like he's one of my top three mcu characters so I just, I'm going to gravitate towards it anyways. And then they handled his MCU story in such a great way. And they did the opposite of what they did with the Captain Carter episode that I actually, like when the series started, I was a little lukewarm on it because that Captain Carter episode, as much as I like that concept and and that character being in that role, um, and I and I definitely like what they do with her later in the series a lot more. And I'm looking forward to to getting more of Captain Carter in season two. That first episode is so paint the by same. numbers. Yeah, here's Captain America. Yeah. yeah, here's Captain America, the first Avenger, except it's Peggy instead of Steve. So it's like it's instead of us seeing like the one moment they're like, we're going to show you like 30 moments and it's just a clip show. There isn't a story here. You guys know how this story goes, right? So there were no, the other than like the couple of twists and turns, there wasn't really a lot. There wasn't really a lot there for me to dig into. And then you flip that to the Dr. Strange episode. And the reason why I like it so much is that they went like, Hey, we're going to turn the whole concept of Dr. Strange on its head we're going to do two things with this. We're going to really dig into the character of Stephen Strange, and we're going to show you just how flawed he is, which is going to go a long way to explaining why he's going to make the mistakes that he's going to make in Spider-Man No Way Home. And getting the MCU audience familiar with the fact that, hey, uh, yeah, Stephen Strange, I, he's, suppo- he's going to be the Sorcerer Supreme one day. He makes a lot of mistakes on the road to becoming the sorcerer supreme and he takes that title and still makes mistakes but like the 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 Stephen strange that we're experiencing in the mcu right now he's not that guy yet he is early days and he does dumb stuff all the time so all the people who saw the spider-man no way home trailer and were like would Stephen strange do that it's yes absolutely 100 <laughs> percent. a lot like tony he has an ego that writes checks that his ass can't cash like that's that those two characters the reason why tony and steven never get along is because they are the same guy with different backstories uh they're uh the exact same personality and i totally understand that because i clash with people with the same personality as me all the time so like it's it, it it's i love that we're digging into that character and we're getting into that stuff with him I also love that it justifies the sacred timeline, which is something that I talked about on our Loki episode, which is that like, I, I firmly believe that the whole multiverse thing will wrap itself up with us putting he who remains at the end of time in that castle. And it'll be like, Hey, the Avengers. And I actually, I think it'll actually be the young Avengers who do it. But I, I, that we're going to, we're going to circle all the way back around because time travel stories are always the best when they're a closed loop. And it's going to be like, Hey, I, all of that stuff that happened in Loki all had to happen so that the, the sacred timeline would be destroyed and then it would all get put back together in the way that it does. And this episode kind of is, is, is something that could prove my thesis on that, which is that like, the one 
the one timeline where I, 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 uh, Christine gets mm-hmm. to live is the one where Doctor Strange sacrifices something of himself instead, right? Because like in all in all of the the but not willingly, not willingly, no. He but 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 also, do we know that? We don't know. We don't necessarily know that yet. We're not done with with with, with some of these characters yet, right? So, hmm. um, every every one of the timelines that that the uh, 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 Strange Supreme experiences, he tries to have it all. He tries to be both the Sorcerer Supreme and have Christine. Like that's that's the mistake is that like he has to become the Sorcerer Supreme. It's like a, a a a fixed point in the timeline is that like Doctor Strange becomes the Sorcerer Supreme. It has to happen. There has to be something that triggers that event, and if it's not his hands, it has to be the other thing that's the most important to him. There are only two things in the world, in his world, that would that would put him on the path to attaining this power. And the one, one losing the one thing, losing his heart as it, it's a, he lost his heart instead of his hands, losing his heart puts him on the path to becoming a villain. It's like it's his his villain origin story as opposed to losing his hands, but keeping his heart. Christine still being part of the story, something that keeps him grounded. He he becomes a hero. Right. And it's like it to me, it it proves that point of like the only way he, he went through all of these permutations and the one thing that he never tried was was to to sacrifice himself, right? Like that that never so happens that in that the, story. Is that and I was kind of wondering what I'm glad that you're talking about this because is that yeah. what it is? It's that he never loses his hands in yeah. the versions that we've seen. Yeah, yeah. so I mean like okay. that's like the title of the episode is what if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead his heart of his instead. hands? Right. Okay, gotcha. Um, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, and the heart is metaphorical as opposed to his literal hands. Right. But it, yeah, it's like it, like the two things that are the most important to him are her and and his career, right? And that's the like that's the 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 thing that's always out of balance with that that character in the MCU version is is that he's he can't, he can't have all of this, right? Um so he attains that power, but he attains that power and doesn't have that thing to keep him grounded. So he tries foolishly to do something that I, that our, the other Doctor Strange, like our Doctor Strange, wouldn't do because he has that thing to keep him grounded. He has he has that person to go back to. Um, in in a similar way with Tony in Endgame, not just being like, "Hey, why don't we just time travel back and rewrite the whole thing." it's very important that that Morgan exists in that story as a way of right. him saying like, we have to, we can't just negate everything that's happened over the last five years. We have to find yeah. a way to get back what we lost, but keep what we found. Right. And it's, it's, it's a, it's sort of a similar thing. So, and, and similarly to Dr. Strange's position in infinity war and Endgame, it's like, there's, there's one proper path out of this. And that, that whole thing combined with this story combined with Loki with the story in Loki it's like actually the sacred timeline is a good thing right we went through all of Loki experiencing like oh is the sacred timeline good is are the TVA the bad guys 
are these lizard people the bad guys? Like we we do that whole story because we're experiencing it from Loki and Sylvie's perspective. The the timekeepers. Oh, okay. The three lizard men. Okay. Uh, like 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 are like we're kind of questioning the whole time is are they the bad guys is he who remains a bad guy um and because they combined he who remains with kang it's like oh he is a bad guy and it's like no he's not a bad guy actually he was he's the one keeping everything from spiraling out into the chaos that we see in what if right like that's this is just a taste of it and we're gonna get more of it in loki season two we're gonna get it in uh uh, no way home multiverse of madness like the ne- the the next few years are just going to be like hey um the sacred timeline is actually a really good idea you guys like they're they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna convince us as an audience of like of like no no he who remains was right actually he was right and we need to put it back we need we need to put it back the way that it was and they'll close the loop and it'll be back and then it's like the sacred timeline continues because the great thing about the sacred timeline is that like it's the whole thing so it goes it goes on past the point where we introduced it in Loki right it goes on past Endgame i i but what we're experiencing right now might not be the sacred timeline i don't know we'll see i i could see them this is going way off in yeah, a different direction. But but, but it's the but it's the multiverse. So it's like that's yeah. the point of the series, in my opinion. I, I could see them going to uh Jonathan Hickman's Avengers story where the worlds like the universe started colliding into each mm-hmm. other. Uh and then you know Avengers have to decide whether they are willing to destroy like actually actively destroy an entire universe in order to save their own. Mm. Yeah. So I, that that could be fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fun's the right so, word. So so this um yeah right so this Doctor Strange episode I liked because I'm a big fan of like Groundhog Day and those yeah, type of yeah. movies yeah. where they just kind of replay the over and and learn something little each time. So I, I liked that aspect of it a lot. Um, I liked your explanation because the one thing that did bug me is like, well, if if Christine really dying is, you know, they call it an absolute event, but it's like if that's you know something that's supposed to happen in the sacred timeline then why didn't it happen in the movie kind of but i like your explanation there mike so that's good um but yeah this this was i i I, when i was thinking about what my favorite episode was it was a toss-up between this one and and the zombie episode because they're both you know i i enjoyed them quite a lot both of them so uh and I'll, i'll just keep on going here i yeah like i said my pick is what if zombies and i know that um this one i'm just a big zombie fan i love (laughs) walking dead and all of these shows i just finished watching this this um spanish zombie show on amazon prime (laughs) which is it was it was really good and uh and so i i just instantly get drawn to this this type of story anyway um, but what I loved about this one is that it focused on Spider-Man. It's the only time we get to see Spider-Man in, in these What If episodes. And I love this ensemble cast. Like, it's such a random assortment of characters like, that spans, like, all of these movies. We have we have Bruce Banner, who's not the Hulk. He's just Bruce Banner, until the climax. Um, and Hope, Van Dyne, uh, Peter Parker, Bucky Barnes, Okoye, Sharon Carter, Happy Hogan, and of all people, 
Kurt from the Ant-Man movie. <laughs> it's like, yeah. So I had random. to Google that. I had to Google. I'm like, who is this character? <laughs> and I, I love that the only reason that that character is included is for the Baba Yaga joke at the yep, end. Absolutely. That's the, that's the whole reason is just for one callback joke to Ant-Man and the Wasp where he sees Ghost and goes Baba Yaga, right? And like, it's like his presence in the episode. That's the only reason that he's there. (laughs) And like, they use him well up until that point as well. Right. Like they're like, well, if we've got this character, then we're going to, we're going to make some other jokes with him. But I like that. That's the whole thing is just so that when Scarlet witch shows up, he can just go Baba Yaga and we all get a good laugh because the Ant-Man movies are some of the best MC movies. Continue. (laughs) No, you're absolutely right. I also loved um, the, you know, the, the, the call out to Futurama with Scott Lang's head in a jar. Yeah. Um, oh. And the, and, you know, there are just some great moments in here. The, we, like, the whole episode is fairly fluff as most zombie movies and everything are. And that's not why, you know, that's not why we, we, I'm calling it so good, but it's just the, the character moments and all of these there is um the the surprises like hope becomes a giant like that was awesome like that's something we don't get to see in the movies um and there is that touching moment between peter parker and t'challa where they have this moment where where t'challa kind of plays this uncle ben role um just before he dies and i can't remember the exact quote but it's like talking about missing someone when they're gone and it's like we're talking about this after Chadwick Boseman has already passed away it was like oh man <laughs> but yeah I thought that this episode was really great it it was nice to have something that didn't feel like it needed to have a, a larger purpose than it was like like the Doctor Strange episode <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it didn't the, the fates of these characters didn't matter in the same way that the fate of you know in the killmonger episode what happens with the wakandans and everything like that so it's like uh but at, at the same time it wasn't light and fluffy like the the thor episode was in fact it went pretty dark some of the deaths were oh, pretty yeah. grisly and i was watching these this with my kids oh. and uh and like in samantha is like she's almost six and it's like she's what it's, it's pretty much an honest to goodness zombie movie like mm-hmm. the, the, mm-hmm. the zombies are scary looking and the the deaths are pretty gruesome. So I was pretty surprised at that. They pushed the envelope, I think, for that one. Um, and, and, oh man, seeing um, Wanda at the very end oh, unleashed, yeah. that was pretty good too. And I like how effectively she was used in the finale. That I, I mean, I wish that we saw the revol- resolution of that. Didn't they just cut away? Yeah, but that's that- kind of part of zombie movies as well is that they don't usually show the resolution either fine that's fair but um can you remind me because now i'm confused i lost the thread how does peter parker come into the zombie movie into the zombie episode what happens that he um he's just one of the survivors they they just just uh, starts it just starts with him being a survivor yeah um, bruce has to kind of find out who the the last remaining people on earth are and Spider-Man just happens to be one of them. I like that he gets Doctor Strange's cape as well. That's kind of a good a good visual 
uh, foreshadow to uh, what's coming up in the next Spider-Man yeah, movie. Yeah, I, I, I love it because, as I've said, like, my, so my three favorite characters in the MCU are Tony, Peter, and and Doctor Strange, right? Yeah. And I, I, so the cape, the 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 cloak of levitation, is by by proxy to Doctor Strange, one of my favorite characters as well. Uh, yeah, especially right. because like he like that's one of the standouts in the Doctor Strange movie is is uh, the care is the fact that the cape has a character right um, yeah. and uh, and protects him and and chooses him and and the moment when I is it I can't remember if it's Wong or if it's um, uh, Mordu but one of the two of them is like oh the cloak of levitation picture like it's 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 fickle like it like that's that's actually a like it's actually, yeah, I think that was Wong. Yeah, yeah. It's so it like shows a, Peter Parker. Yeah, so like, like we got that in Doctor Strange, and then that transfers over to Peter, where it's like, at a certain point, the cape makes a decision of like, oh no, it's like it's going with Peter now. Um, well, it's and, and actually, like against Doctor against Doctor Strange, right? Like it 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 makes that transition from uh, yeah. uh, one to the other. And I, I love that. Cause it's like, Oh yeah. Cause, cause we know that it's, he's Peter. It's, it's Pete. He's got a heart of gold. Um, I, it, it would be hard to do a, what if where Peter Parker wasn't a great person. Um, it's kind of one of the core tenets of Marvel. So, uh, but, uh, uh, not saying they couldn't, I'm just saying it would be really tough. I, uh, um, but yeah, I, uh, I loved it. And, and, they put out a set of Lego. Uh, they do like the blind bag Lego minifigures. Um, yep. That'll just be like whatever, like for the set. And they did a Marvel, uh, an MCU set. That's basically all of the stuff from, from the Disney plus stuff that like that, that, that didn't get full sets sort of thing. And what if got a lot of sets, but I think like for the Marvel zombies, it's like, what's that going to be? You're just, it's just going to be a bunch of minifigures. Uh, <laughs> so the, instead, like they, they put a couple of the minifigures in this, in this blind bag set. Um, and, uh, and one of them is Spider-Man from that episode with the, yeah. the Cape. And that's the you only make one your that I want. <laughs> is the only one that I wanted and I got the blind bag and I opened it up and it was, it's that one. I, so I got it and it's good uh, job. Yeah. He he's, he's, he's sitting right in front of me on my desk uh, alongside my, uh, they did Lego has done all of these mech character sets or they, they've done, uh, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and Thanos, I think is the other one. I don't have Thanos cause I don't care, but uh, I just have the heroes. <laughs> But I've got I've got Doctor Strange Peter alongside all of them because I'm like that makes sense. <laughs> so one last thing before we move on here is that I I love the ending to this one when Thanos just shows up at the end because um, also one of the things I like about What If is that when something changes it doesn't mean that everything in the whole world or the whole universe changes. Right. Uh, things that aren't affected by the the, the change like directly still um, proceed as they normally would. So like at the beginning of the episode, Bruce Banner comes like crash lands in on earth and he's there to warn everybody about Thanos. But then we forget completely about that because of the zombies. But then at the very end, it's like, Oh yeah, he's still coming to earth and he's, and he comes, he shows up, but he's been zombified as well. Yeah. So I still, I like that a lot. 
Okay, let's talk about the finale. This, uh, the, the very, very end. I mean, we've already kind of talked about it. So maybe we don't need to talk about it a lot, but there are, um, uh, what does this mean for the next season of What If? Does it mean anything? Are, are we going to see these characters return like this? Um, or how do you think this, this affects the MCU in a greater aspect? Or, or if it does at all? I, I mean, like, I, I think what we kind of already talked about, right, of the fact that, like, this establishes that the Infinity Stones maybe aren't as powerful as we thought that they were before. I think that that's one of the most important things. Um, I also think that, that this threat only being available to us as a story because the multiverse is in chaos right now because the sacred timeline has been uh, 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 broken. Um, I think it's really important. And that's why this came right after Loki is so that we could go from Loki to seeing the consequences of what Loki and Sylvie did. How right? do we know that? How do we know that it's in chaos only because of that though? Well, because, Would because you... he who remains told us that this is what would happen. Right. Uh, like okay. that there's a sacred timeline for a reason his specific reason, the reason why why Franklin Richards, why Kang, is at the end of time maintaining the sacred timeline is because he knows that, like, hey, the like you guys think that everything else you fought has been scary? I'm the scariest thing you guys are going to come across, right? Like, right. he yeah, sort of yeah. foreshadows the fact that, like, there are versions of me that are the they're like the worst person in the entire multiverse right so i think like i think that they that we're kind of escalating the story that like that what if is putting us on this path of like this is what an unchecked multiverse leads to the like the, this ultron never could have done this if he didn't have access to the multiverse and if the sacred timeline were intact, Ultron never wins. Right. Because in the sacred timeline, Ultron doesn't win. That's like, right. that's the point of the sacred timeline. The fact that the sacred timeline doesn't exist allows there to be a multiverse where Ultron wins. And in the multiverse where Ultron wins, he's able to collect all of the infinity stones and go multiverse by multiverse murdering billions trillions untold numbers right like we don't even know we don't have like a a death toll on how many on how many people ultron killed because he killed he killed everybody on earth in, in like within his power or theoretically right. I, guess, I guess the entire galaxy right like he goes to to yeah, to xanthar and he kills the whole nova Corps. like he yeah. like he's he conquers the entire universe by killing everyone <laughs> by doing what he was going to do on earth. Right. And then realizes like, Oh, I can do this to the whole multiverse. Right. Like that's, uh, so I think that's the whole point is that like, and if that's, that's just one character in, in interacting with the infinity stones. And there are other things in the MCU that we I maybe haven't back. encountered yet, or maybe stuff that might come back from previous stuff that like, there are other threats there and there are other people that would be threats that if they like, if they were to achieve untold power like this, then, you know, like, like, so <laughs> you could, 
you could theoretically get to a point in the multiverse of like Thanos with all of the infinity stones, Ultron with all of the infinity stones, uh, Kang, the conqueror, all of these guys. And like, uh, 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 an anti guardians of the multiverse that the guardians are going to have to fight. Right. Like, like we, like you can, you can just like, you can put together all of the greatest heroes or the right group of heroes. Like they did with this one. I, you could you could have all of the villains come together. I mean, I think the interesting thing with a story like that is that you would bring all of the villains together and they wouldn't be able to achieve their goals because they would all be backstabbing each other. And it, ultimately, that's what would be their downfall, not the heroes, is the fact that evil can't win because evil it can't be trusted. <laughs> so they can't work together. Um, that like so that he- could be a cool story, but but I think I think that like that's that's the point of what if, and I think that that's kind of also the repercussions of it and to show us going into Spider-Man, no way home and uh, multiverse of madness that like anything is possible. First off, uh, literally anything. And that there are, there are some big threats out there and, and you know, like that it could be as mundane as Spider-Man having to fight Dr. Octopus again. Or it could be Ultron getting all of the Infinity Stones and wiping out the entire multiverse, right? Do you think that the movies are going to directly reference What If at all? Yeah, I think so. If, it would if, be sick to see the Doctor Strange version of What If in other things, like that version. Strange Supreme. Yeah. Strange Supreme. That would be yeah. sweet. I think that we will see Strange Supreme encounter Doctor Strange in Multiverse of Madness. I, it might be a post-credit I mean, scene or something so, like that. That seems so soon, though. That would be so epic, but it seems yeah. so soon. Um, I don't know. That'd be epic. I, I, it depends on what Multiverse of Madness is about. We don't have a trailer. We don't actually know what it's about. If it's very specifically about Wanda, then maybe we won't see that. But if it is more generally about, like, like, wanda having un unlocked this door um that allowed loki and sylvie to do what they did then i i then we could be dealing with repercussions right and it could be our first step on the road back to restoring the sacred timeline because chaos magic is what unlocked that door it's got to be what locks it right like that's sort of unless they introduce the the unless they introduce harmony magic or something like that or like you know um so, some other way to to do it but but as of right now the only way to fix it is for wanda to get control of her power and fix it which to me is like i think that's what multiverse of madness will be about it'll be putting her back on the path to 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 being on our on our team and not off on her own um but uh, if that's the case, then if it's a multiverse of madness and we're going from multiverse to multiverse and, and dealing with a bunch of stuff, we could very well see Strange encounter his his alter ego um, and uh, and and a moment of recognition of like, mm, so that's how I it's the one thing I never tried. Right. Like, that's all I want from that. So like to feel because I know that like the season kind of ends with him in the bubble maintaining the thing or whatever that doesn't mean that they can't also like can't have something else happen or they can't have it happen multiverse time travel doesn't matter it could happen before what happens and what if it doesn't matter we'll figure it out if it happens but 
uh, I really want a moment of Strange Supreme acknowledging, encountering or seeing in some way, uh, or like, you know, even if it's a conversation with the watcher or whatever, for him to be like, it's like, that's literally the one thing I never thought of. Right. And it's like, and, and for, for either Strange or the watcher to be like, well, why would you? Right. I, he's like, he, like, for Stephen Strange to admit to himself, like, I never would have thought about it. Right. Like, especially in the state that you were put in, like losing the most important thing to you, more important than your career, more important than your hands. Right. Um, of course, you would spiral and become a monster, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I really want to see the resolution to that. I also don't need to see the resolution to that. That never has to happen because in my, like, cause I've already written it in my head and I'm satisfied. Like it, it, I, I believe that to be true. And unless something comes up, it, it, they could do like a rise of Skywalker where they're like, actually, it turns out that Dr. Strange is, uh, uh, Palpatine's grandson the whole time. And you're like, Oh, okay. Well now everything that I thought about this was completely wrong because you guys wrote something dumb. If they do that, then I'll probably be upset. But if they just never touch it, I'll be okay. But, uh, but I do, I think that we'll see captain Carter as well. I, I, I don't like know in the movies. I don't. Yeah. I'll, we, I, I am fairly sure that we will see captain Carter in live action at some point. She's probably the most, the easiest to, port over that way i think a great place to bring her in would be in loki season two i think that would be really cool is if is if some of these characters because if loki has to now deal with the tva for him to to hook up with with the watcher and i i i you know try and figure out how do we how do we do this and you know um and for some of those characters to come across so i think that that I, uh, I, yeah, uh, having having her in there. I uh, who else? Who else from this could still be around? I don't know, man. It's hard because like the other one, the other character that I would love to see in live action would have been T'Challa, T'Challa Star Lord. Yeah, or, that's the best character um, for sure. I don't know. We could you could stick in a, a Clint Barton with one arm, or yeah. like Killmonger could show up. Yeah. The, the tough thing about Killmonger is that he does kind of like, like we kind of have a fixed point with him, right? Cause he's got a, he has to do everything that he does at the end of the episode and then gets trapped in the bubble, but um, right. theoretically yeah. forever. Right. Uh, with Zola. So, um, but anyway, if they're plucked yeah. out, of, out of any point in time, then they can show up whenever. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's not oh, that you can't write your way out of it. It's just a little <laughs> bit more tough. But I would love to see Killmonger again. I mean, like, I think that's the reason why we get so much Killmonger in in What If, is that they went like, man, if there's... I think that one of the number one things that they did when they when they picked what stories they were doing this season is they went like, which characters do we want to dig into deeper maybe because Kevin Feige said like, Hey, do these couple of stories, which multiverse stories do we want to touch on and which characters would we bring back if we could. Right. So I think that like, like uh, bring back Ultron was a big thing. Like, I think that they looked at that and went like, like, yeah, like what, if you could bring back one villain from the MCU, who would you bring back as like a, a credible threat? And I think you look at it and you go like, well, let's not do Thanos again. Cause we've just spent a lot of time, 
on that character. What if we went back to Ultron and we gave him him another another round, <laughs> right? Uh, to to let him do this. And and I mean, like honestly, I, they did the same thing. They 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 revisited Loki as well, right? Like uh, uh, from from the first Avengers. So they kind of went back to both Avengers movies of the first two Avengers and and went let's let's explore those villains again and see what would happen in, in a different context. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. And yeah, I, I think that's, it. I think those are the characters that I would want to see. Uh, uh, <laughs> Thanos from the star Lord episode would be a real trip to see that <laughs> in like to have Josh Brolin come back so good. and, and, yeah. uh, and, and play that character again. But for us to flip that on its head and make it like like in in Guardians of the Galaxy or something like that, and to have to have that character interact with Gamora from the you know the the past timeline in the present timeline, <laughs> and then you bring in a Thanos that's not a bad guy and deal with all of that, that could be really funny, but uh, but would also detract from whatever story you're telling. So it's tough. It's tough because you then also have to assume that people understand what if um so i think if we do see any of these characters it'll either be in a uh, one of the tv shows so that we can like disney can be like hey recommended viewing you should watch this first <laughs> um or or just in a post credit scene i i think when we're dealing with the multiverse stuff it it's entirely possible that we just get a a post credit scene that where we get to see Captain Carter and, and maybe like like Multiverse of Madness has a post credit scene that actually sets up season two of What If, right? Um, just well, there, to there could also be a a, more credibility. If there's a scene where characters are just flying through different universes, and we just get mm-hmm. flashes of these different things, there could just be a bunch of cameos in in that sense. Yeah, for sure. And I, we, if that happens, we will almost certainly get to see the zombie universe again because it's just so easy. Yeah, it doesn't. It the zombie universe takes no explanation, right? No, nope. you can yeah. have an explanation of like <laughs> it's a quantum virus zombie thing, but also it's Marvel zombies. That yeah. hey, look, it's Tony Stark and he's a zombie. <laughs> like it's okay. I understand what happened in this universe, <laughs> right? It's not like it's not like seeing Frost Giant Loki and being like, wait, what happened in this one? Right? You need a little yeah. bit of an explanation, but definitely, yeah. Okay, let's. Um, I, there is a post credit scene. Do we need to talk about this? It doesn't really tease anything about the. Well, I mean, I guess it kind of teases something about the future. I think um, it definitely sets up season two. It sets up season two for Captain Carter, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So Captain Carter in the during the the scene that's played out in Civil War, no, not Civil War, um, Winter Soldier, the Winter Soldier Winter movie. Soldier, when yeah. they're when they're about, uh, on the boat at the beginning, uh, one of the things that they're there to find is the Hydra Stomper, and there's someone inside. They say, and then we don't know the state of Steve. He's young or if he's an adult or or what but he must be frozen inside the hydra stomper so that's uh, gonna play up in season two but that it doesn't really what i liked about that one is that it gave us um you know it gives peggy carter the, the good ending which is what we saw with steve at the end of Endgame as well uh mm-hmm. so that if we never have another episode with peggy carter her story is finished right yeah 
Yeah, theoretically. <laughs> yeah. Theoretically. Um, I, I, I firmly believe that, that, that we're going to get more Captain Carter more than anything. I think that she might actually end up being sort of one of our constants through the what if stories, which is one of the yeah. reasons why I sort of elevate her as like, if anybody's going to get to, to be in live action, it's, it's going to be Captain Carter. Uh, that because a because they're they've they've done that sort of as her as the through line uh for the what if concept and also because uh uh what's the actor's name like Haley Atwell uh, Haley Atwell is down to do it so it's like yeah if you've got the actor willing to do it and and uh and it serves the larger story then that's a that's a good reason that's a good excuse so Maybe we'll see it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's next on our walk through the Marvel universe here? Are we going to so, do an episode on uh, Shang-Chi? Yeah. So, so we, we kind of missed Shang-Chi. And the reason for that is that like, I only got to see it once. Um, and I really want to see it at least one more time before we dig into it. Because I spoilers. I love it. It's, probably in my top three mcu movies um i but it there's actually a lot going on in shang chi um thematically and and sort of just overall and it's sort of like once we got a certain distance away from it i was like ah, i need to see it again so that i can talk about it um i i so like so that it's fresh in my mind yeah. So with that in mind, we're not going to do Shang Chi until until it hits after, Disney until Plus. it hits Disney Plus, which is November. Uh, oh wow, that's that soon. Twelfth or something like that. It's not that long. Wow. It's actually I just saw a tweet today. It's twenty five days from now because it it, it drops on um on Disney Plus Day. I I so I yeah if I look up Disney Plus Day that'll give me the answer but. Um, so, so it'll be like November 12th. Yeah, I was right. So yeah, November 12th, we will, we'll have Shang-Chi on Disney plus. So we'll be able to watch that as many times as we want. Um, the Blu-ray comes out pretty soon after that. Um, which, uh, which I'll, I think has a director's commentary or something on it, which, uh, which I'm excited to get as well, but we won't wait for that. We'll wait until that comes out. So the next one will actually be the Eternals because the okay. Eternals is in three weeks. It's, yeah. That's November 5th. So, um, so, so that's coming up. That's coming up actually pretty darn quick. <laughs> We're going to get the Eternals <laughs> pretty quick. Uh, the premiere was tonight, actually, like the, the Hollywood premiere was tonight, which is crazy that it's so early. Um, yeah. Like we're really, it's really more like two and a half weeks away. Cause it's already, Eleven twenty-three on a Monday night. I uh, so we're all. It's almost Tuesday, and of course, if you're if if you're gonna see it as soon as possible, you're gonna see it on the Thursday night at seven o'clock, right? So <clears throat> it's not that far <laughs> away. It's almost two weeks away. Um, I won't see it on that Thursday at midnight. Uh, seven o'clock. They they don't do midnight screenings anymore. Curtis, come on. I it's not, see it so bad. It's not two thousand and five. I'm not gonna line up in this. <laughs> what was the last midnight screening you guys went to? 
I, it was a novelty one. I saw Batman the Animated Series at the Rio mm. at a midnight oh, okay. screening. <laughs> that was a couple of years, probably just before the pandemic, actually. I think mine was The Dark Knight Rises. I think that was the last time that like I lined up for uh, a, a, a midnight screening, which The Dark Knight Rises was, what is that? 2000 and two, 2009 2008 2009 i can't remember Somewhere around I, wonder, I i think i went to one of the star wars movies at like one o'clock in the morning <laughs> because but i'm now trying to think that maybe it was because there wasn't enough good seats in the earlier ones because i don't think we had to wait in line yeah uh yeah no so it wouldn't have been in the dark knight rises because that's 2012 i think that's too late by that point buying tickets in advance was already a thing because that's that's avengers territory right like that's where we're into i definitely remember waiting in line for avengers i have well mostly because i have photographic evidence of having done that for a midnight screening for avengers i think so i just remember going to see it at the dunbar theater and that one doesn't have um okay yeah, yeah like assigned seats so um yeah i, I think mine might have been the dark knight then because I, I i'm pretty sure it was a batman movie but i i it must have been the dark knight and not dark knight rises but uh yeah midnight screenings are are a thing of the past i actually i've been thinking about that lately and i really miss it i miss the energy of it but um the lining up right the like the like sitting in line and waiting as opposed yeah. to the now the you the stress of getting your tickets online and you know there was because there was a thing about about if if a movie really mattered if it really really mattered show up first thing in the morning line up as soon as the movie theater will allow you and you know that you're in the movie whereas now it's like is the website gonna crash on me Am I going to get in before the before the flurry and and uh, and and get the tickets that I want, which is a much less enjoyable way of getting tickets. <laughs> they did. They did for a while do both so that if you missed getting the good sit seats in the pre bookings, you could just show up early and stand in line. Like I yeah. do very vividly remember that happening for some of the Star Wars. Definitely. Yeah, I'm like pretty, I'm almost positive if I'm remembering correctly, you missed the window to buy your Star Wars tickets. I think tickets. I did. And and then you were like, "Wait, what? Star Wars tickets? I have to buy them in advance?" And yeah. I was like, "Yes, of course you I do, wasn't Amanda. Used it's to the doing most that. anticipated movie of the last 30 years." Uh, and you were like, "Oh, I didn't think about that." <laughs> it's probably it's probably on an episode of Quiver. If if, if if I that's if probably I had where to I discovered it, and then I probably that's... went to line up for that movie, and I was yeah. there super early because everybody else that actually cared. Oh no, this is now this is now ringing a bell because everybody that had actually <laughs> cared about getting into the movie had booked the seats, so there weren't actually that many people there super early. Like I think I got there like five hours early or something crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> and like there was like maybe five people ahead of me or something. So I do now, remember... now Amanda, how do you get your tickets for Star Wars movies? I ask you to get them, and then yeah. I go. With you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Smart. The, the pandemic has kind of has kind of broken that system of of the MCU and and Star Wars movies, and it's where I'm not. But there was a point where I would 
uh, uh, sit on the internet and wait. <laughs> keep I would keep a very close eye on when tickets went on sale and then and snag eight, which was the maximum that you were allowed to buy. Just buy eight and then figure I remember out what that. was going later. And figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? The pandemic we were planning on stopping doing that anyways, and then the pandemic happened, and now it's like it's a good excuse of like, well, now I don't now I'm not responsible for everybody else's movie tickets, which means that I can just I can just make decisions for myself, which is so much nicer. It's so much nicer. But I also miss. Yeah, but now I, but now I don't have tickets for the Eternals, and I'm quite upset about it. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think you'll be hurting to get them. I, they'll be easy to get. I hope so. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's. I'm excited for it. I think I told you pretty quick after they went up, didn't I? I mean, you did, but I procrastinated and yeah. I still don't have them. So. Way to go! Way to go! Oh, I don't either. I don't. I don't. I'm not worried. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, maybe not the Thursday night, but I'm sure that, like, that weekend you'll be able to get decent tickets at some point. I actually, it'll be on actually, here's the thing. I think I'm going to the Okanagan that weekend, so I'll definitely be okay, because I feel like people don't buy tickets in the same way when they're down there, so. Yeah, it's it'll a little different up there. Uh, cool. Okay, well, Is let's, that... uh, re- I think that's it. Yeah. That's our, that's our conversation on what if, and we'll be back again next year to talk about season two <laughs> yeah. Yay. yeah um next year stop it this is so upsetting that we're so close to the end of the year Ugh. Ugh. well i mean a full year a full 12 I mean, months yes, probably yes, before another fair. season of this show comes out that's yeah that's fair. we'll be back we'll be back in a few weeks to talk about eternals and then we'll do shang chi and then when um then spider-man no hawkeye hawkeye's oh man there's just so much going on holy so hawkeye oh yeah hawkeye's christmas right actually Actually, let's be clear on this. What what is the release date on Spider Man No Way Home? November, because America starts celebrating early. What? No, not not. Spider Man will no be Way out. Home is is Spider Man, but it will be 17. out before Hawkeye completes its yeah. run. Because oh, okay, Hawkeye okay. finishes the Hawkeye finishes the week before uh, uh, Book of Boba Fett starts because they don't want those two shows. They don't want to have to promote both of those shows at the same time because Disney is like, hey, let's just worry about one of these at a time. So gotcha. uh, Book of Boba Fett, I think, begins on the, the what is it? Like the 26th, I want to say. Um, so yeah, yeah, it'll be done. Hawkeye, I think, is done. They're not Hawkeye doesn't finish on the same day that Spider-Man No Way Home comes out, does it? On the seventeenth, I don't know. We'll see. I uh, but they just announced they the 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 season premiere for Hawkeye is two episodes, so it'll it'll premiere with two episodes and then one episode a week after that um, until right. it's done. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see. We'll see which one we get to first, whether it's Hawkeye or, uh, or. But it'll be definitely Spider-Man Eternals. Or- but Eternals is definitely next up, and then Shang Chi. Great. Okay. okay well. Okay. Sounds good. Cool. Well, thank you guys for listening, and uh, Amanda and I will be back next week with a regular episode of the Thunder Quack Podcast. I, uh, I, and I. Uh, and you can catch me every week on the Epic Marvel Podcast. Yeah, you're back. You got new episodes coming out, so yep, that's awesome. I'm back on schedule. Um, don't forget to promote this show over on that show. That show <laughs> has a lot more listeners than this show. Uh, 
I I throw it up on my feeds and stuff. That's for sure. But yeah, you bet. Uh, Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you guys for listening and we will see you on the next episode. See ya. Bye. Follow the Thunderquack podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching the Thunderquack podcast. You can support us in three ways. First, by heading to the podcast service of your choice and leaving a rating and review. Second, by going to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch from your favorite podcasts. And last but not least, by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack to kick in with your monthly pledge of support and get cool rewards like early access and extended episodes. The Thunderquack Podcast is the official podcast of thunderquack.com. Head to thunderquack.com to discover more great podcasts.